I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We would like to acknowledge the Shumash, Keech, and Tongva people, the traditional custodians of the land this podcast is being recorded on, and pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. Salad or Dolly, through a great party, we all drank Bacardi, it got kinda gnarly. We're light as a feather, we're tougher than leather. Together we're weirder, we're weirder together. We were just talking about Daniel Klaus. Is that how to say his name? With our guest. Our guest is here. Before before we introduce her, yeah, we'll yeah. discuss what we were discussing with yeah, her yeah, before. Yeah. We're, the... Okay, our guest is also a fan of something that... Yeah, let's see if you guys can guess who it is. She's a fan of 90s alternative underground comic books. Okay, graphic, anyone got graphic it Graphic novels. Anyone got it is? yet? She's currently wearing an Eat Pasta, Eat Pussy t-shirt. Okay, are we are we honing anybody? Okay. She's, she's Australian. A, she's Australian. She's a comedian. She's, she's a, writer. a writer. She's a, a creator. Skater. She's a, skater. a longboard skater. She's Skate also a dancer. I'm just kidding. If you know, <laughs> if you know a they them, they have a crush on her. Um, uh, okay, that's about it. I think that everyone knows. Everyone knows. It, Nina Oyama is here with us. Hello. Hi, guys. How's yeah. it going? Was that, I'm loving was that good? all these descriptors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there anything you would have put in that we didn't there? No, I think you nailed it. I like skate dancer. I like fan <laughs> of alternative 90s comic books. That was because it could have been like fan of alternative 90s, just like any people. Yeah. people, like me. Music. Yeah. I'm an alternative 90s person. Um, and I'm wait, a fan of you. Thank so. you. Um, yeah, Daniel Klaus, we have a wall here in our new pod area. It was my early, my early experimentation in investing in art. Was, oh, yeah. and it's my only experimentation <laughs> was basically buying a few original pages from like Peter Bag, um, Dan Klaus, and then actually, do you know who Chris Ware is? No. He did like the um, the ones about Jimmy Corrigan. They were like this little disturbed boy. And you know, my friend Tanya was living in a loft in Chicago across an alley from him, and mm-hmm. she would find his scraps of doodles what? in the trash, and she sent me one. And so I've got one of those out there. Too. Where is that? We should put, it's from really there. beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Quimby the mouse or something. We should put it Anyway, what, yeah. so, so we didn't leave anything out. That was behind thorough. an artist. I know. I, I'm like, damn, I want those little scratchings. I want to – because I don't know how to do – I don't know how to buy art. Like I just kind of – So you need to steal it. I don't – yeah, you have to steal it. Yeah. from. You have to live next to an artist, and then you have to steal their work. I think that's – or, That's you know, weird. an ex-girlfriend of mine, her parents owned a building. It was in New York when it was all very cheap. And, you know, and one of her uh, their um, tenants was Basquiat. Oh, my and when, God. And when he couldn't pay the rent, yeah. he'd do a little drawing or something. Yeah. Um, isn't that amazing? And I mean, what there's... about... Um... I think we're in the wrong industry. I think we need to learn to paint. That's what I've... I've we, I paint. We've got it. Oh, you paint? Yeah. She paints that. Well, that's, these beautiful. Are, that's my brother. That's my friend who had a dream. She was giving birth to kitties when she was pregnant. Oh, my God. Yeah. You can she's imagine. Birth to yeah. You yeah. can imagine. So she told me because when, you know, when weird things happen and you kind of can't believe like she was pregnant, she was the first of our friends to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And it was so unreal that you're like, you have these sort of almost anxiety dreams. So she dreamt she gave birth to kitties. And I thought it was a f- cool 
thing to be. But I got to say, if we're, you know, we're all in show business in, yes. you know, different ways. It's all a gamble. I think painting is even a bigger game. It's like being a, a poet or something. I mean, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You're yeah, like talking it's about the, that. Least. the demographic is you got to really hit in that demo. Yeah, yeah. yeah or a yeah. playwright or something. It's just some, one of the. It's brutal. I mean, yeah. I feel like could have done series, but I just, I don't know why. I think because I was acting and paying the bills acting, but I think if I had focused in and maybe there's still time if i life really long, focused yeah, in on a series i've had arches i had an art show in japan what that that's really so cool. cool we met in person at yes. the camp cope show yeah yeah yeah. um our mutual friend georgia mack yeah well i knew tomo i didn't know oh, georgia then okay, but i know georgia now yeah, last night you guys had a big night right oh my god give we us had... a little rundown on last <laughs> yeah, night tell Come us on. about this is, this is what the car uh, so our audience our fandom they're called the beautiful babies okay hello and these beautiful are the things babies. they want to know these are the things they want they want to know messy stories but all in good good nature don't yeah don't, i don't want any blood spilled no you okay. could spill blood and we can cut it out fix it in post yeah um, I really don't think there was – so I, for context, like I worked on an American TV show called Koala Man. So I was sort of here like visiting friends and also like helping out with the strike. Is that job done though? So, yeah, that, so that's done. Oh, it was, I love coming in to help out for the strike. Yeah. It's Making like, signs? Well, it was – technically I was meant to come up here and write samples for my manager, um, but then everyone was striking and I was like, well, yeah. seems like rude to to be writing samples when I could be out there picking yeah. it. So, yeah, that's what I did all day. And then um, my old showrunners had a pool party. And so we all just got really lit at their pool. And so I'd been drinking all day. And then I went to Alex Cameron's gig at the car. So I was pretty, I was definitely like. Your pregame was strong. My pregame was extremely strong. Also, yeah. I discovered that um, I discovered gummies. I feel like. Weed I'm, gummies. Yeah, yes. how good are they? Yes. Um, I saw you, you post on Instagram yesterday something about going to a. You went to so an the exhibition. Funko Pop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. You know those like crazy, like yes. big head things that yeah. like nerds love? Like, yeah. I don't know, like people love them. They've got like big heads. I yeah, do. they're like a Japanese toy or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like oh, collectibles. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but there was like a store, and me and my friend took gummies, and we were just kind of walking around Hollywood. And we're like, fuck it, let's go into this store. And it turned out to be like Disneyland, effectively. Like the store went for ages. It just kept going. Like we just kept wandering deeper and deeper into the store. And like. And you were super stoned. Yeah. yeah you know what's so funny, though, is like, I think the gummy must have kicked in then, because like maybe I'll go back there tomorrow, and it's like, it's just a shop front. Like there's right. nothing in there. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. There, <laughs> there's a guy yeah. there that's like, Funko Pop, we haven't yeah. heard that. <laughs> so, so you move then. So, okay. So, by the time you get to the Cara Hotel at night, like I'm pretty cooked. Yeah, and it's a um, and it's a good vibe. There's good music. Yeah, and it's there's a lot of Australians there, which I think like kind of when you get to LA, like you're meeting a lot of Americans, and it's a little bit discombobulating. And then when you hear like someone be like, "Hey," or whatever in our accent, you're like. There's something about it that's quite nice. Well, that's yeah. why when we met and I invited you, we were having Georgia and a few people over. Yeah, yeah. I always, pretty much around 2002 or three, there was a, like a lot of Australian actors were coming and they called it Have a Shot at the Title, you know, like yeah, yeah, try yeah. and book something. And it was really, and Missy was kind of like, we, a lot of musicians. When there used have, to be like a pilot season. Yeah. Well. And we yeah. like, you know, and Australians oh God, looked out for each other. I did and Specs with Missy. Missy Higgins? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was no, thinking Spicks of and the, Specs I think I've done, but. I was thinking of the, the um, game show thing you did where you did, had, you did Acid and it was, it turned out to be pretty tricky. Oh my God, I want to do that game no, show. about. Oh, no, that was Celebrity <laughs> Mastermind on SBS. What? You did Acid? No, 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 no. <laughs> 
the no, producers no, no. gave you acid? No, you had, That's pick psycho. you had to pick Carpet. a subject. Oh, of, and you like picked, your expertise. You picked drugs well, and then you did them. Well, at the no, same did I did not do drugs. I didn't do drugs. I didn't you do drugs. You didn't do drugs, but it turned out to be actually a tricky topic because there's a lot. There's a lot of drugs, guys. And there's a lot. Well, acid also has a lot of. It's like a lot of science, chemical terms, chemical terms. Yeah, like micro dosing and just compounds and who started it and what year. But wait, so I actually want to talk to you about this because I think. I'm also I'm I'm on a gummy right now. I just okay, gotta, great. Yeah, okay, no, I wasn't. Cool. I took it in the Uber up here. And I was going to reprimand you. I no, want to okay. talk to you about. No, yeah, oh, I know, this is an intervention. Then I'm not. No, yeah. what I wanted <laughs> to talk to you about was I think we share an interest in subverting mainstream opportunities. Like when you get a chance to do something with the spotlight, you try and do something in an interesting way. Yeah. that makes people think. You know. So this was actually a really good uh, example of the pros and cons of that. <laughs> where I was like, okay, I'm going to pick the history of LSD because that is a subject that should be sort of mainstream yeah. discussion. It's like a, it's a part of like our history as a culture, right? Yeah. But I kind of set myself up because um, uh, Murray you from the Wiggles. Science. Well, no, Murray from the Wiggles picked um, – <laughs> Uh, the history of the wait, color he picked, red. Wait, air supply. He picked a band that he, he band was he a liked. fan of since he was like that eight, he knew, eight. It's like if I picked like Nirvana. I could tell you what year everything happened. Whatever. Yeah. And then Dilruk picked Friends, <gasps> the show Friends, and a particular wait, season. That wait, he what about the, that woman? We have to talk about. Oh, that and then was the other amazing. woman was a woman from Real Housewives I was of obsessed. Melbourne. Do you know this woman? No. Wait, was it Real Housewives? But I've heard it's good. She She's... was such a character and she was such a loose cannon. I was obsessed. She was terrifying. All oh, the God, men. You'd know her. She's become a celebrity. She's like okay. a real estate magnet. She's like magnet, a chaos person. queen, older mom, but like she was like insecure and brutal at the same time wow. and like completely angry. Every time she got the question wrong, she blamed everybody. Yeah, and yeah, even yeah. the host was Pure like chaos. waking, but he was also obsessed with her because as he he was gay and she was sort of like this just sophisticated but messy the host was mark fennel i don't think he's gay oh really yeah <laughs> someone was but everyone was scared i, I was like who hosted celebrity <laughs> oh i don't know why I was such I certainty that? That he was gay. No, oh he look. just has a really good haircut yeah I think. he's he's quite and he's clean just cut. Cl- yeah he uh, looks and like friendly and, and he yeah. probably uses but, moisturizer like he looks very yeah. moisturized yeah. Well, what know, she did was mari was talking about how there's this is just backstage before we went on there's now a you know a female wiggle yeah. And um and I just was I made some stupid joke. I was like, Oh, this is all going a bit far. They could have everything but the wiggles. That should be <laughs> so obviously a joke. Yeah. And she turns to me and she said, Ben, women can do everything men can do. <laughs> and I was like, Look, you speak your truth, but you are preaching to the choir right here. I, I have, I'm on record as an ally. You're not going to find me saying <laughs> women should not be It was so amazing because it was so crazy and chaotic and stressful. But then at the end. It was like you and you that you and she is that the right grammar? We're we like, lost. We oh. lost. But you guys were kind of hugging, and at the end, I met up with you guys because I was sort of in the backstage or something, and I wanted to make her feel good. And then she got kind of weirdly emotional or something, and then was bonding with us. So it was like this funny whole experience. Also, Mark Fennell had just come out, and it was this big, it was this big <laughs> man. Anyway, but that was an example where. It's yeah. you try and do something interesting 
and you sort of shoot yourself in the foot, right? Yeah. And I was curious. You should have played the game, Ben. Because yeah, but you've you you do this like with with your comedy, with the types of shows you're creating. You want to be interesting. You don't want to yeah. do it the way for yourself. Just, you probably want to yeah, be just interesting, wanna, right? I'm just curious if you like have. You know what I mean? Does that? Do you feel yeah. like it's been an easy road? To be against the grain or is it crit does it create not really i feel like i've just been around for ages like i did my first like i started stand up when i was 17 like i started at the same time as aaron chen but i think i just have been around like i didn't I, what's the word like i wasn't like super famous in like a couple of years or whatever i've just been like slow here, burn hanging out yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but because i did start so young i'm still young and i'm doing okay i guess yeah. but it's like everyone's like oh she's just where did she come from? And I'm just like, yeah, I've just been around, I think. Okay. So, but you've basically, you, but I've just you like took been a chill approach crazy, and yeah. then you just can, and you find people are receptive to. Yeah. Well, I've just, I think I've just been steadily working. Like I worked on, um, yeah, I've been like working in TV as a writer since I was 19 years old. So, so you have a sort of, it's like a natural confidence from doing it for so long. Yeah. And so it looks like you're just came out the gate like super confident but yeah, it's like but well actually, I just actually like comfortable years it's like when you're in school for like you know the, since kinder you kid, yeah. kindy whatever you call it mm-hmm. um you're just like it's good good reference good kindy, Australian yeah. reference yeah but yeah I mean I guess like some people probably are subversive for others and some probably to entertain themselves oh yeah true well I think I like being subversive but I don't think of it as being subversive like I just like saying you things or like doing it. things and I also think like it helps other people when you are subversive. Yeah. It like other people relate to it if they don't feel like they can speak about things or yeah. whatever. It's just easier to yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of say how you feel and hope that a lot of people are like, yeah, same. Yeah, yeah, Did, yeah. Was there ever a point where you like tried to play the game the way, like to be like, you know what I mean? Like the working comic that just does the, the you know what I mean? yeah. No, I think like this is, I've like, I get bored really easily. And so like I did... Like if I do comedy like for a year and just geek and do comedy and do like shows, then afterwards I'm like, I hate comedy. Comedy's so like stupid. I don't feel excited about it anymore. And then I'll usually start like working on a TV show. Yeah. And then I'll like just do that and be like, oh, TV's so cool. And then like finish, I don't know, five months of acting. And then I'm like, I'm bored of acting. I want to do writing. I don't know. It kind of yeah. just works. It's worked that way. Yeah, I it's, noticed that yeah. with actors. Like I remember noticing Sean Penn like when he started directing, I mean, obviously he's great at both directing and acting, but I think sometimes you feel passive as the actor. You just show up to someone else's thing. And even if you're really into it and you want to like have all the control, but then the stress of all the control, you just send, oh, I I just want to show up when they tell me to show up, get my makeup done, do my lines. Do my lines and leave. So you sort of like, Yeah, but then after a while that like, you're like, oh, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to do my own thing. Yeah, I want to write, I want to direct. And so I think like, because I have such a weird fickle relationship to all of them, I just kind of like have frog jumped from each thing and just kind of been steadily doing stand up and steadily acting and steadily writing. And there's no one person's career you looked at as like a model of what you want to do. Not really. I think I I used to. (laughs) Well, I used to do something with the Riley sisters, which they they there's these sisters in Australia that are really funny, um, and they used to get all these grants all the time. And there was one year where I watched them get like four grants in a row. And so like every time that grant came up in my year, I just applied to that, and I just like kind of copied their path. But it was more because like I didn't really know what grants were around, and whenever they kept winning a grant, I was like, oh, write that down. Right, but that's all. That's all essentially just 
bureaucracy. What you were That's putting true. in the grant but was authentic. Oh, yeah, it was my it stuff. It wasn't like yeah. you were trying to be... No, no, I wasn't trying to be them. I just, like, I liked yeah, the yeah, fact yeah, that yeah. they kept getting money from the government to make TV. Oh. And I was like, I want to get money from the government. To but yeah, no, not the not the style of the comedy, no. That's it's smart, such a double-edged sword, though. the whole thing with the government's involvement in the arts in Australia. Yeah. Because I do understand the argument that in a, in some ways it props up people that haven't yet got their fighting form yeah. totally together. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's yeah. like, because in like Darwinian law of the jungle, it, the survival makes you good. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But on a just human level, I love the idea that you can write a grant to make a short film or a, to, I've had friends who've done it with records and you can get a little bit of money and make it happen. I mean, it's yeah. amazing. No, it's really cool. And then you can like enter it in festivals. And yeah. like, I think that's how I've gotten like Latecomers, which is the SBS TV show I just did and created. Um, but that we went through a grant process to get that. And Wait, then it became... talk a little bit about that. Cause that I've, I haven't seen it cause it's not out. Here. Oh my God. Yeah. I'll send but, you the link. But it's, but it got, it, it caused quite a stir. Like, and just, yeah. yeah tell people um, about it. Well, basically, so Latecomers is made with me, my friends, Angus and Emma. Um, and Angus was my best friend in university. Like I was his, he had cerebral palsy and I was like his carer. Well, I was his friend first. And then he was like, but I was really poor. And he was like, you know, you could get paid to just like hang out. And I was like, Oh, I have some friends that I oh, wish would what, say that yeah, to Yeah, yeah, I know. Because I was like, no, I, I can't possibly. And then Angus was kind of like, it's $50 an hour on Sundays. And I was like, fuck, that's so yeah. much money. Double time. Dude, as if I wouldn't. And so like we, but we were already friends and then we hung out and we used to just like get really cooked in Bathurst, which is like this regional town. We used to just like take heaps of drugs and like go outside and shoplift and but he's like in a wheelchair, and so everyone would always. Could be he like, get away faster with the shoplifting, or did you get like who had the advantage? Oh, after Angus. you shoplifted, the wheels. People would put him under his chair behind. I hope he's oh. not. I hope he's not shoplifting anymore, because then otherwise he's. Hey, look, if he does, this is karma coming back. You know, it's but like, yeah, yeah, like the amount of shit you can hide in a wheelchair. It was like the best, and also but, no one will search someone in a wheelchair. Well, no, because like, yeah. everyone just used to like we used to go out, and they like people would look at Angus and go, "You are so brave," and Angus would be like, "Fuck off." But he has like a speech um, defect, and so people wouldn't be able to hear him, and they'd be like, "Wow, he, you're so nice for taking him outside." And like we would Amazing. just be high as fuck or like drunk, and just be like, "Uh huh, cool man." But we wrote a show about us doing that um, for the ABC called the Angus Project, and then for SBS, we were like, "We want to do something a bit more dark." And Angus has always had like trouble in romance and dating, and so on. And so I was like, "Yeah, let's fucking let's make." Were something. you like his wingman? His <laughs> like, did you try and like get him? Not really. I'm a no? terrible wingman. Are, I think because I'm too selfish. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, I'd rather look out for myself than That's someone funny. else. Have you watched any of Dead Ringers yet? No. We I think is that Claudia O'Doherty's show? It's, I don't know. Um, who, it's Rachel Weiss. I don't know who oh, created. It's a remake oh, of the wait, Cronenberg. No. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I keep meaning to. Well, because they like so one hard. of them's outgoing, and yeah. she can um she kind of gets the other one laid because she'll like get the process started and then she'll get out of the picture. Um, yeah, okay, so you weren't, though, you weren't able to help him out at all. No, like, I was. Know. I think I was going through my own thing. I was, like, really upset over a girl, and then he was, I think, like, he had a crush on someone else. So we were both kind of down, useless. But Angus, I think, has more game than me generally. Really? He's very outgoing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He, like, makes out with everyone. There's, there is that kind of thing where for one type of person, something that might be perceived as an impediment to dating if it's played the right way, can yeah. actually become a bit of a superpower. Because it's like, you know, I remember when David Blaine was always walking around doing magic tricks and picking up girls in New York, you know, the street magician. Yeah, yeah. And 
the whole thing was so pickup artists. Well, there's yeah, so many. It's there's, literally like yes, mystery. Yeah. But there's so many musicians and so many actors, and there was only one magician. Yeah, so true. it's like you know, if you play up those things that separate you, like yeah. it should be cringe. Like you shouldn't be able to pick up a girl with magic. Like that should. Yeah, that's like yeah. picking up a girl with like having a Funko Pop collection. Yeah. Like that should that's no, it's bad. <laughs> but have you seen good magic up close? I have all like pretty just don't, but I, know. I just don't it's, think I could ever fuck a magician. I just I think know, I'd get the well, instant yeah. ick. But he's the bad boy. Of, you know what I mean? He's like not, I don't know. That's, no, I know. I'm not saying like, that phrase, like the prettiest the bad boy of magic. The prettiest Mina horse Yama. in the glue factory. Like that's the same energy. <laughs> no, I know. Together we're weirder. We're weirder together. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. It's funny because some things, obviously, you know, people <laughs> practice like crazy. They practice, you know, comedians, so, like the amount of work. Yeah, I also but wouldn't the, sleep with a comedian. I, <laughs> I, but no, I understand that. But okay. the idea of like the magician, there is something like nerdy about it for some reason. Like not the practicing, but like, because that's kind of Do you know cool, what I think it but... is, which I think is weird? I think it's fingers. I think it's so much of it is like close up hand shit. Yeah. And I think that that maybe is... And historically, the costumes were kind right. of oh yeah, and like having like a sexy and... little like a lady to oh my god, like, we used to watch up. exactly. We we uh, we used to watch the funniest um, uh, magician show with there was a Goldie. thing Goldie was into called Behind the Magician's Tricks it or something on Netflix. Oh, was it with Penn and Teller? No, Not that. they went on. Oh, but they might have. That was done more. The... That was there. They were doing like a um, debunking kind of thing. This yeah. was more this like was a just, magician wearing was... a mask. Show it, he said. My my brethren would expel me from the trade if they knew what I was going to Which, show you. Which true, yeah. but it was the funniest thing about it. It was a corny show that wasn't well made. Like the production value was really bad. But it was so right before this. Right before me too. Me too. <laughs> and, and right before the... and they had like a Love Island voiceover, like making saucy jokes. They'll be like, like watch him. Now he's going up to his assistant. I bet you he wants to cut her in half with something. And oh, they would like, like, this is besides the point. And also, my daughter's three. I know, but they <laughs> always would say, and and now he's going to bring in the girls, referring to women. Yeah. And the and the girl, they were just like sexy women, but he called. They always called them girls. And it was just so, you know, masculine, whatever. It was yeah. so funny. It's like a pantomime. It was like a pantomime and it was such a throwback of like whatever. But it was, I, I it just was. I would say that show was produced through the male gaze. Yes. yes. I think that's, like, that's the academic way I of describing like it. it. But yeah, there's yeah. something It's like weird... at the, when you go to the Magic Castle in LA and like, it's like girls, oh dress code, ball gown, like cocktail. Right. And then yeah. like men just have to wear a jacket and you're like, yeah. come on. Wait, when you oh, yeah. dress up for ev- events, do you do the, you do like, Fancy gowns or anything like that? Or what do you do? No, What's I've your version of fancy? fancy gowns. I don't know. Well, my... <laughs> well, you know, you've been to go to like the... What's it called? The, um, the, the Logies, Logies or something like that? Or the com- Dude, I, I would know. love to go to the Logies. 
I haven't really. I've just been wearing suits because I bought all these suits. You wear like a nice tailored kind of. Well, yeah, I just went on ASOS and I bought some suits and then I just wear them now. But um, for Taskmaster, when I did that, they took me princess shopping, which is like every episode we had to have like elevated high fashion shit. And me and Danielle were like, we don't own anything nice. So they just took us to Westfield and they like picked out racks of clothing for us. And like a stylist like styled us. Oh, that's that's fun. fun. Yeah, that was amazing as well because I was like dressed like a real rat bag. Like I had like a backwards cat. I was like carrying my skateboard and then like all the shop assistants were like who the fuck is this rat bag and then the stylist was like dresses for Nina and then like they had to bring out all these racks of clothing and then I tried them on and I actually like didn't look too bad like I looked nice everyone was like what is going like you won I know it's very pretty woman I was like big mistake (laughs) what wait I wanted to ask you about because we had a few ales the other night and we were talking about your, the idea was, cause I'm, you know, a generation before you in entertainment kind of, and yeah. I still come from like, almost like the seventies, eighties, nineties way of looking at it where like, it's your body of work and everything has to be really good. And you leave that behind and it's your mind and you are more from, I guess I'm picking up on this from the way you described what type of career you want, where it sounds like you're more experience driven than object driven with the work do you know what I mean like no I think I just want to like my ethos with whatever I make is I I just want to make people feel stuff Mm. like I think that's what I want and I think that yeah that's I want to make a body of work that like makes people like feel an emotion whether it's like laughing really hard or like crying really hard or both as yeah like I think latecomers was really cool because people we were in a cinema and we heard people like laughing and then we heard them sobbing and we were like oh my god like we've done it and then we heard them laugh again we're like thank god like the vibe is still good um but like yeah I think that's kind of my yeah that's how I view it but I don't think about a body of work like I just kind of you're okay with your humanity and development as a person being reflected in the work selfishly I feel like for me when people get to know me and my like poetry or whatever but if you can also affect other people, you know, that combination, like it's satisfying to be seen, but it's also satisfying to know that, wow, like I'm bringing something that not everyone really can understand. Like from the outside, they'd be like, oh, that's so sad, that person. And it is, yeah. but, but, you know, but you, you're like, rec- you know, you like are like, oh, I know on the inside what this is like hanging out with my friend who's got this situation. Yeah. But I think that story as well, like the thing, I like about it is it's like it's sort of just about being seen sexually and like you don't have to have a disability to want to be seen sexually Mm. like I think there was a lot of stories that were like from Angus's character's perspective but that were like my experiences getting rejected by girls in college and like how I felt and like I was so angry and even though I don't have a physical disability like when you you see him go through those things like I felt it for myself oh so for you that was really a symbol well yeah it was really like like I remember like yeah my brother did Hedwig in New York like one he was Hedwig at one of the portions of the performance and there were people coming from all over like there was this one woman from the midwest who was like you know whatever you would call heavy set or something and she loved it and there's this great line in Hedwig um love the front of me love the front of me because he was sleeping with someone but they wouldn't they would only sleep with him from behind her him I don't know Hedwig but um (laughs) she 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 felt that love the front of me 
you know, symbolized just like people love me. Yeah. Or like the hunchback of Notre Dame, like Notre Dame. I can't say things right, but the hunchback, like people all feel kind all of like, yeah. all oh, no, no, but you right. feel Wherever like the from. hunchback. Yeah, you, you know, do. you non European yeah. hunchbacks too. Yeah. 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 You yeah. feel like you, there's a part that can, yeah, like you're saying, you identify. That's so mm. cool. Yeah. I just want to make more shit like that where people watch it and then they're like, they feel an emotion. Yeah. Even though they're not. And, and how's it been? I'm curious about you as someone that writes in both Australia and America mm. and, you know, you've been doing more here lately and now you're here. When you booked this trip, you probably didn't know the strike was going to happen. Oh, no, absolutely not. I'm, I'm actually curious on your take yeah. on the whole thing as like as a writer who works between these two different places. And Yeah, I mean, like, ooh. Because it's about streaming, which affects you wherever you're writing yeah, and AI and, you know. Yeah, yeah. and residuals yeah. and... It's a bit of everything. I think there are cultural differences in, yeah. like, the way Australians write and the way um, Americans write. Also, like, I came up through, like, writers' rooms and, like, only recently got to do, like, my own episodes of stuff. But, like, in Australia, for example, like, you'll be breaking or, like, you'll be developing a show and, like, they'll bring in, um, I don't know, what, like, four or five people in for, like, a week of stuff and then they kind of harvest your ideas and then they go off and they write a Bible and they apply it for more development or whatever. Um, and in America, instead of like that development process, you actually just have like a team of like 10 writers and everyone is staffed for like five months. From the beginning to the end, um, Yeah, well, at least for Koala Man, that was my okay, experience, yeah. um, which is like we developed the show as a whole. We had five months and we were just like in the room every day doing that. And I think they don't, firstly, they don't do that as much in Australia, like we do a lot of what they call mini rooms, which is actually what people are protesting because oh. it means that it's actually less um, money for writers. Because it's, it's, it's a gig, it's a gig thing. It's yeah, not, yeah, and it's harder for like people to get their start. So if you do like a five month thing and you're like, um, I don't know, a writer's assistant or a staff writer, um, but basically like in America, so you do that five month process as a writer's assistant, and then everyone on that show is like, wow, that writer's assistant's so good. And then you get bumped up to staff writer, and then there's like another five month process on another show, and then you know people like know you would get these long times to kind of know each other. Whereas I don't know, because I didn't, I came up through comedy and I started off in writer's rooms. So I got into the industry in a weird way in Australia. Um, but to my knowledge, it's like, you can kind of just be a note taker on a show and then you can just be a note taker forever. Like Australians don't pull each other up as much. Oh, there's they're, no path. They're, like the path okay. isn't as clear. And that's what they're saying in America now that like, did you read um, the playwright? Oh, and truly, Felicia. Yeah, 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 yeah. But she's been posting interesting things about how, as a writer on like an HBO show she was part of, she wasn't even allowed on set. So writers then don't get the exposure that could yeah. lead them get on the path to well, being a showrunner. One yeah, day. and in so, Australia, yeah. like I, writers aren't always on set either. Like there's. Like we, it's like almost as if all the things that are happening in the WJ that they're striking for Australians like already don't have. Right, like, like gun control. Yeah, yeah, I noticed like, on films writers would come we, once and say hi maybe, yeah. but in TV, of course, the writers are sitting they should be in yeah. video yeah. village well, or whatever. I think it's because in Australia we don't well, have the showrunner model. Like we just have writers, directors, producers, actors, it's very like segregated. Whereas here it's kind of like, because in television specifically, like writer is king. Like that was the thing that, you know, when um, peak TV started happening, everyone, all the writers were like, fuck yeah, yeah. we're not going to be treated like shit by studios anymore. We're going to get to create our own path and we're going to be able to like write, direct and be like the arbiter of tone for all TV shows. And so when showrunners started happening in America, like the path was you're a writer, then you go on set, then you become a co-producer and you like kind of learn all this 
you know, you you see what the actors go through. You see how to design, how to like create the shape of a show, I guess, um, in the production. Am I rambling? I feel no, like no, it's interesting. It's but yeah, you really learned that yeah. in America. Whereas in Australia, you're kind of like, yeah, I wrote this show, and um, and you give it to a director, and the director like directs the show, and it's very, we, yeah, we don't have that American kind of showrunner. So as a result, style. though, do you feel? solidarity with the American yeah I do because I want to yeah. learn all that showrunnery stuff I mean right. I think I sort of have because I've been on set and I've been an actor and, and that's been... partly why you wanted to work in America so that you could learn yeah. that skill set because yeah, it yeah. is it's such a you have to like captain a whole group of people like yeah it's it's kind of being like a writer and a producer and yeah all that stuff at the same time but yeah I think that's really cool but in Australia we just don't have that model also Australian writers don't get paid anything compared to yeah. American writers oh my god like I don't want to but that's the same for everything in the arts yeah like the average when I tell when pe- I meet people that ask me about the Australian music industry and I say literally unless you have a song in the top 10 you also have another job yeah like like there is no model for sort of niche success in yeah. the Australian arts, just because of the population size. Yeah. If you want to be interesting and weird and a little off-centre, yeah. Australia's a hard place to do it. Oh, definitely. And support yourself. And yeah, you yeah. pay the rent. Yeah. yeah, that's why there's so many, like, rich filmmakers, because it's, yeah, like, yeah. obviously. And I'm not gunning for them. Like, I also was like, man, if I was rich, I would do that as well. But, like, yeah, I think there is that thing where you, like, end up with this thing in Australia, at least, where there's, like, comedians and filmmakers and people in the arts who you're like oh they sort of have they're like you're like a a million yeah yeah you're like you're what but i also i don't know so that's like a completely no no that's it's all interesting yeah so what's what's next when you go back home you're leaving tomorrow are you leaving tomorrow i'm leaving the day after tomorrow i got my dates wrong this is how like i basically i was working on there's a fun party tomorrow night if you want to go can i come yeah tomorrow night tomorrow oh yeah wait is today saturday or friday it's friday Oh, I'm leaving on Sunday. Yeah, that's what you said, a day after. Now. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm saying, know. so Saturday night, okay, cool, cool, cool. there's a club. you got to get a little dressed up. It can be a okay, suit. Okay, well, I you just, just actually, yeah. like, I have a story about it's a big glam. dressing yeah, up. Yeah, tell, so, tell us, tell us, Okay, <sighs> so um, I went to Alex Cameron's show like last Thursday. No, the Thursday before last. And he does this thing where he like picks a girl from the audience and she sings the Angel Olsen part in the duet to Stranger's Kiss, which is like such a fun duet. Um and then me and he got this like girl up from the audience and she sang it like so good. And I was like, what the, f-? like, this is like, what's that guy that John Farnham or whatever brings up a girl? Like, you know how there's rock stars in this Yeah, music? yeah, yeah. Like girl. that music video with Bruce Corey, Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen with Pony Cox. Yeah, she was just sorry. dancing though. She didn't have to sing much. But like, but yeah. yeah she did just, a great dance. But it was a great yeah. moment. Yeah, it's like this cool thing. You know, it's when it works, her. it's magic. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, incredible. Yeah. Um, but I was like hanging out with her after. Um, She was really cool. And then, I don't know, whatever, like, see you later. Like, well, you know, you meet people and you're like, life is transient. Like, probably we'll never run into each other. But I was like mucking around in the Grove because you, you got to go to the Grove when you're from yeah. Australia. Uptown I don't know or downtown? We call the downtown the farmer's market and uptown like the- Oh, uh, true. You know, the okay, I went to the- The valet. <laughs> I went to the farmer's market and then I snuck uptown to Nordstrom. Yeah, 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 yeah. good, good. Um, and this girl, Adelaide, was there and she was like a shop assistant and I have to go to like the deadlock premiere. This I'm is romantic or something. I, I don't know if it's shop girl. Did you elope? Oh, I <laughs> wish, I wish. Um, no, but you know that- And Adelaide's guy, here yeah. right now. Hey, Bob. Like <laughs> fantasy of the shop girl or the waitress or whatever, you know. Yeah. And we're like, announcing that Nina got a green card. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Adelaide. She doesn't, she doesn't hear this. Anyway, but um, she she was like there on the, she was there. And then we, I have to do this um, premiere for a show called Deadlock, which is an Amazon show is coming out in June, which I'm really like excited about. Australian was, show? Like, Australian show. Cool. Um, but it'll be like international. And um. 
on Amazon Prime coming out in June. So I just should Got keep it. saying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I needed to get like premier clothes and I was like, Nordstrom's pretty fancy. And so I was like, can you pick out like some cool things? And then she just like shop girled me and she showed me all these like cool stuff. But you got she, such game. I don't have, I don't <laughs> think it was gay. It was very platonic. Um, <laughs> but Dressing anyway. room game. <laughs> but um, yeah. And she just, we just tried on all these clothes. And then the last minute she got this suit, like I'd put on all my clothes back on and then she got like a suit. And she was is like, it Wait, plunging? Are you going to wear a shirt under it or is, just go plunge? It's like a... Like I last night, I just wore like a little bra. Yeah, yeah. Because Georgia Mac was like, "I'm wearing something slutty. Wear something slutty." And I was like, oh, "I've got this suit and like this slutty little bra." I was like, "Maybe I'll just wear that." But anyway, I wore it to the gig, and then she was there again, and she was like, "I picked that for you." Oh, amazing! And so I was fun. like, "No, I've never met you before in my life. I chose this for myself." We'll whip it out again tomorrow <laughs> okay. night. You've so you're going back it. on. You're going back on Sunday, and yeah. you're diving into what? Oh God, I got to do, I come back at like 7am and then I have to do a writer's room and then an animation panel. So I'm like, amazing. it's going to be a big day. Um, but then, yeah, I'm just doing like the Deadlock premiere. I'm doing comedy at Splendid in the Grass. Oh, I'm doing a show on the 19th and 20th of May at Sydney Comedy Festival. Oh, cool. Sorry, that's the main reason I have to do that because I have to come oh, yeah. back because I'm doing it, a show. And you're doing it with someone else, right? Oh yeah, with Jude like, Pearl. Okay. So we're, yeah, we're just kind of hosting like a late night show and she's like, my offsider, but we sing a song at the beginning. So um, you want to give yeah. a little little preview? No, absolutely not. <laughs> I can get the guitar. We'll do it. No, 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 no. Um, you'll have to come and see me sing. But okay. it was nice because people afterwards, because I did it in Melbourne with me and Jude, and um, they, people were like, oh, I didn't know you could like sing, and I was like, I, that's it's so funny. I couldn't Bef- do that before really, I but. knew you were like a comedian writer. I thought when Ben was talking about you, I knew you guys connected on Twitter or whatever. But I thought yeah, you when, were a with- singer. I don't oh. know. In my mind, like my first vibe was like, oh, a singer. Well, she's a rock star. You can right. be a rock <laughs> star as in another job too. It's like, oh, I don't know. I yeah. think I'm like a nerd. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, amazing. Thank you for doing this. Dude, thanks for having me. This was so much fun. Everyone, check out Latecomers if you can. Check out Koala Man. Lock. Deadlock. Deadlock is coming June. out in June what? Yeah, on June 2nd. And um, June the 2nd. new season of Utopia and the is new coming season out of Utopia. on June 7th. And watch Taskmaster. Yeah. And we are so happy we're friends. So thank yeah, you I know, for doing this. This is really fun that you could squeeze us in. <laughs> yeah. You want to say see, see you later to the beautiful babies? I'll see you later to the beautiful babies. <laughs> together we're here, we'll get it together. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.